Well, I guess it's a little too late to decline the invitation to preach, um, considering he said there was only going to be a handful here. And as I watched Dr. James Hughes walk in and um, brother and sister Frizzell, who is um, pretty much evangelized Asia, um, and, you know, and all these people walk in, needless to say that I'm feeling a little intimidated, but that's okay. I can handle it. Everybody say he can handle it. Amen. Well, you know, it's all right. If it's no good, I just look at it this way. I learned it from Dr. Hughes. I learned it from Brother Hughes. I learned it from Sister Leanne. I learned it from Brother and Sister Vickery. So I'm okay. I'm covered. All right. Y'all don't worry about me. Um, you know, we were singing that song a while ago, and, and he is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Jehovah Nisi. But you know what? His name is Jesus. And I am so thankful that I have to just call on one name, and it's done. He is the provider. He is the healer. He is the way maker. You know, I told, uh, I, they were st- I was telling somebody, uh, I got this from Brother Morgan a long time ago. You know, if you're going to baptize in the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, then you got to do all the other titles too. And I think there's like 2,000 titles. So you better hold your breath a long time. Or you can simply say, in the name of Jesus. I should get a loud amen on that. Hallelujah. Well, if you'll bear with me tonight, I promise you I won't be long. I want to talk to you simply about something that God has put on my heart. And I'm going to, if you will, turn with me. You can stay seated. Matthew chapter 22, verse 14. I've got a pretty lengthy scripture reading tonight. When you have it, say amen. It's on the wall, so I guess we all have it. For many are called, but few are chosen. That's it. For many are called, but few are chosen. Last night I wrestled, um, I stayed up to 4 a.m. Can you believe that? And I wrestled on what to say. And I was sick all Christmas Eve and all Christmas Day. And I was incoherent pretty much, I guess I should say. I was didn't know what was happening. Um, I think my dog opened my gifts for me. Um, but I was sitting there last night and I was debating with God on what what needs to happen and and how I, I really felt that, that, you know, he was leading me this way. And then, no, I, you know, I got this scripture. And so I'm, I'm just going to, you might hear things that, that that's what's hard about leading service. Okay, guys, I'm just being honest with you. When you're up here trying to lead service, I try my best not to get into sermons and things that I've been studying and, and, and working on. But it just happens. So, but that's okay. Everybody say we can hear it again. Amen. In Matthew, um, the gospel here, the good news that Matthew is telling us is simply um, that many are called, but few are chosen. And when I've looked at this, and I, and I for many years, I've asked myself, um, you know, Jay, how, how do you become a chosen? How, how do you become in such stature with the Lord that he would choose you above somebody else, above somebody else that's preaching the word. I, now, I know nobody else in here is like this, okay? But for me, many times growing up, and even now, I will watch Brother Hughes deliver a sermon and see the power of God move. And I will say to myself, 
oh, why am I even in this business? Why am I even in the people business? Why am I even, and then it has to go back and God says, well, you son, I've called you, you're going to learn, you know, this and that. But I have asked myself for many, many years, God, what does it take to be a chosen? Many are called, but few are chosen. You see, in between the calling and the choosing stands a very, very powerful thing. And that thing is called the will of man. The will of man that says, yes, I will, or no, I will not. God treats your will as a sovereign. He treats it as a sovereign or a supreme independent authority. He does not transgress the will of man. You have the power of choice. That seed of choice was planted and given to mankind at the hill of Calvary. That is when the seed of choice was placed upon us. In the Bible, God chose certain men to do certain things above others. Some, uh, some of us say, well, you know, I, I know God has cho- chosen me uh, to do things. And, and I've said this in my life, and I've said it many times where I know that you've chosen me to do something, God. But, and, and, I, and I've read your word, and I, and I know that you confirm your promises in your word. But God, I just need a little sign. I just need a little miracle. I just need a little something showing me that this is real and that I'm not in some never, never land. And, 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 and then I would continue to read the word, and I would continue to read the word. And then God directed me to Luke 16 and verse 31. Jesus was talking in a parable and he says, If thou hear not Moses and the prophets. In other words, if you hear not the scripture, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Pretty much what God is saying is that if you hear this scripture preached across this pulpit, and if you hear the scripture preached into your life, and you choose not to believe it, it doesn't matter if somebody was laying here dead on the floor and rose up. It's still not going to affect you. It's still not going to affect your belief. This is scripture. So what is the reason that God chooses some over others. What is the reason? What made the distinction between choosing the one he used and not choosing another one he didn't use? I believe the answer is really very simple. You don't have to go into a big debate, a big uh, thesis. You don't have to write a big paper. You don't have to do anything. It really is a simple answer. The choosing process really relies in man's power. That choosing process, the choosing, God choosing you, really lies in your hands. If you really want to do something special for God, then you have to be the one that chooses to do it. God is a gentleman, and he's not going to force himself on you. He's not going to force you to do anything that you don't want to do. You see, that's how love works. I'm not forcing my wife to be a part of my life and to help me to raise these children and to be a part of their lives. No, 
That's not how it works. I saw her one day, and this weird thing happened. My heart started fluttering. And I got little flutterbys in my stomach. And I began the process of, of saying, of swooping her off of her feet and doing whatever I could to get her attention and to, and to show her how much, how much this young man could love her. You see, she's the one that had all the power. As they would say in sports terms, the ball was in her court. She had the power. I had to choose. I had to show her and give her good reason to choose me. I had to give her and show her why I, was, why I would be a good choice. I waited on her right and left. And, and I, I waited on her every need. If she'll be honest with me tonight, she'll, she'll admit to that. I spent money on her that I didn't have. I spent, come on guys, help me out. That's how it works. I spent money. I spent my dad's money. I spent my mom's money. I spent every dime I had to, to woo her. And, and, and that's why in Isaiah 40 and verse 31, when it says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When you learn to wait on something, when you learn to be there and say, God, what is it I can do for you today? God, what is it you need me to say today? Who is it that you need to direct me to today? What do I need to tell them? If you choose God, God will choose you. Prove it. Prove it, Brother Jay. Prove it, Jay. Let me give you an example. This is what I'm talking about. Moses chose not to be called the son of Pharaoh, but he chose to suffer the afflictions of the children of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. When he made that choice, he had no idea in his mind that his choice would catapult him into being mightily used by God. The choice he made caused God to draw near to him and, cho- and God chose Moses to deliver an, an, the entire Hebrew nation out of Egyptian bondage. But that's, that, but then what's really interesting to me and what really caught my attention is that God didn't choose Moses' sons to continue his work. He didn't choose his sons. He chose Joshua. Why did he choose Joshua? Joshua chose to stay with Moses, to stay on the side of the mountain 40 days and 40 nights, not having any answers as to what was going on. He chose to stay and stand with a man of God. He chose to stay and stand with God's choice. In so doing, the choice Joshua made caused God to choose him. The choices you make are really the only thing that you possess in life. God chose Eli. But he did not choose his sons. He chose Samuel because Samuel's mother cried to God for a child. The Bible said that she was in such travail and mumbling that even the priests 
thought that she was drunk and he told her to, to go home and, and, and to get out of here, get away from here. Samuel was born out of prayer and he saved a nation and became one of the greatest prophets ever. This is why God chose Samuel because of a mother's prayer, because of a mother's dying wish, because of a mother's relentless desire to have a child. Jonathan was the crown prince of the entire nation of Israel. He had the legal right to the throne by being the son of King Saul. God did not choose Jonathan to succeed Saul, but he chose a little shepherd boy whose name was David. You see, David chose to kill the lion and to kill the bear. And he chose, and he chose to come down and to attack Goliath. And he trusted in the Lord to help him with all of them. David's brothers did not offer to slay Goliath. David made a trip to the battlefield where everyone was cowering and they were all afraid. And David slew Goliath and cut his head off with his own sword. Because David chose to do those things, God chose David to be the king. What's amazing about this is that Jonathan, even being the crown prince, had enough sense to know that David was God's choice. And he helped David. Jonathan was kingdom-minded. And he took his own royal robe. And he took his own royal garments. And he took his own weapons. And he laid them at the feet of David. And he knelt before a shepherd's boy. And God gave his right. And he gave his right to God's chosen one. It's amazing when you really look at it to see how God works. Many are called, but few are chosen. Then you have Peter, who simply was an ignorant fisherman. But isn't it amazing that out of the 12 disciples, Peter was the one chosen by God? What caused God to choose Peter? The answer, once again, is pretty simple. All the disciples are in a boat between 3 o'clock and 6 o'clock in the morning. And the storm begins to rage out on the Sea of Galilee. The, rain, the waves come crashing against the boat. The tide is rising. It's all coming in and the boat's being thrown back and forth and tossed. And they're all fearing for their life. The wind was ferocious. In the middle of all this, God came walking out on the water. All the disciples... All of the disciples saw him walking on the water. And they feared because they thought it might be a spirit or a ghost. They weren't really sure. Then Jesus said, fear not, for it is I. But Peter is the only one that said, Lord, if it's really you, bid me to come. Jesus said with one word, come now, the big question is, am I going to stay in the boat where it's safe and where it's dry? Or am I going to climb over the edge of the boat and walk on the water towards Jesus? In other words, all of us at some point will hear the master say, come. It's at that point that you have to make a decision. Am I going to choose this one named Jesus? Or am I going to choose the life that I've been living? People say, you know, it took a whole lot of faith. I don't have that kind of faith, Jay. I don't have that kind of faith 
to step out of the boat and to walk on the water. But if you read the scripture, when Peter started sinking, Jesus said, Oh, ye of little faith. All it took was a little bit of faith for Peter to walk on the water. And then Jesus reached his hand and said, come on, you're not going to sink on my watch. But there was something in Peter. There was something that got a hold of him. And he said, I want to step out. I don't care about the surroundings. I don't care about what this life is telling me. I don't care about what this life is handling me. I want to step into the miraculous. I want to step towards Jesus. And when Peter took that step, Peter could have stayed in the boat. And I promise you, I don't think that we would look at Peter any different today. I think he would still be a great disciple. But there was something in Peter that wanted to see the realm of the miraculous. Peter stepped over the side of the boat and he stepped towards the water. And with his foot, he tapped the water and it was firm. Then he pulled the other leg over and he stood on the water and he walked out the length of his arm. But somewhere, somewhere, Peter had to decide, I gotta let go of the boat. I've got to choose this one called Jesus. Some of us are, 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 in, are, consumed with our self-doubts and our self our self-condemnation that we aren't good enough that we don't have what it takes that we can't go to asia and to work in as a missionary we can't get out and preach we can't win our co-workers i can't even get past my own troubles jay and you're telling me to choose jesus and step out on this water and go out and preach the gospel yes because when you choose jesus that's when jesus is going to choose you that's when jesus is going to say i can use this guy I can use this guy. That's why two chapters later, Jesus handed Peter the keys because Peter made the right choice in climbing out of, out of the boat. I truly believe that if Peter would not have climbed out of the boat, he would not have received those keys to the kingdom. He would not have preached the first Pentecostal message. The choices you make determine whether or not you will be used and chosen by God. Many are called. Let me go ahead and rephrase that. We're all called. We are all called. We are all called. I have a microphone in my hand. But you know what? That we're all called. We're all called, but few are chosen. I want to be one of the chosen. I want to choose. I believe that when I choose, when I choose to believe not only in Jesus, but when I choose to believe in myself, I am a temple of God. God created me in his own image. I need to choose my, in, in, to believe in myself. Many times choosing is not, it, it's, it's not necessarily about the whole spiritual scene. It's simply saying that I choose not to live the way that I'm living anymore. Hallelujah. And when you make those choices, 
being a creation of God, being a new creature, being created in his image, when you start to believe in yourself, the same thing happens. God starts saying, I can use this person. I can use this person. You know, I, I, want, I want to show a clip. I don't know that it's even relevant to what I'm doing, but I think it is, so we'll, we'll give it a shot. Um, it, it's, it's, it's about a little boy named Cody. And, 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 and I want you to go ahead and dim the lights and play this clip. It won't, it's about three minutes. It won't take long. And that's it. When you dream it might come true When you dream, dream big And when you laugh, be sure To laugh out loud Cause it will carry all your cares away And when you see, see the beauty All around and in yourself And it will help you feel okay when you pray and pray for strength to help you carry on and when the troubles come your way and when you dream dream big as big as the ocean blue when you dream it might come true when you dream dream
if we could all stand. You know, life is cruel. Life hurts. But it's in that decision of choosing to not sit and soak about your problems and choosing to stay that in choosing to say that I'm going to stand on the word of God and that I'm going to stand on what God has given me. Guys, th- this Bible is chocked full of promises. It's full of promises. Good promises. And I'm telling you what, if you will choose to open this word and say every day, God, I'm going to pick a promise and I'm going to stand on it today. I'm going to choose to be better than what I have been. I'm telling you, if we will go into 2012 with a new attitude that I'm going to choose God, I'm going to choose to be more than I have been. You know what? I'm anointed. I'm an heir to the throne. I'm called of God. And that excites me. And you know what? Tomorrow, if I walk out at a job site and I step on a nail, guess what? I'm still called a God. I'm still anointed. I'm still blessed. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to stop. I'm choosing. I'm choosing. I'm choosing God. Because I know if I choose God, He's going to choose me. And he's got great things in store for me. I'm excited. I'm excited. And some of us need to get excited too. Some of us need to say, God's got good things for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Guys, it's not rocket science. (laughs) I choose God. It's all through the Bible. I'll just give you a few examples. I choose God. I choose that. It's hard. There's going to be days that everything's going to come against you. Last night as I was studying for the word of God, can you believe that somebody broke into my truck all but 15 feet away from me and stole a bunch of stuff from me? Doesn't matter. I'm not taking it with me anyways. Stole my gun. (laughs) They stole a case they thought was full of CDs, but they stole the Bible on CD. (laughs) So that's good. Maybe it'll get them. Or maybe they'll shoot themselves in the foot with a gun. (laughs) I'm just teasing. But you know what? I'm not going to let it get me down. I am making a conscious decision and choice To stand on the word of God. If I can't stand on this word, it doesn't matter if somebody's raised from the dead, it ain't going to matter. If you can't stand on this word and believe in what God has already given you, God can drop a million dollars in your lap, it ain't going to matter. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord. I choose you, Jesus. Tonight, Lord... I know that you have given me this word for somebody, God. Let it seep deep within their mind and their heart, God. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, you see the one that's down, God. You see the one that's on the edge, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. We choose you, Jesus.